Discovering Chinese dramas in 2018 opened up a whole new world of Asian dramas to me, and I've been hooked ever since. Four years later, Tea and Soju was born, so that I can extend my love of Chinese dramas and Asian dramas in general to others out there and find a community. So, sit back and let's chat Asian dramas. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Tea and Soju Sea Drama Podcast. I'm your host, Liliana, and in today's episode, it is the very last episode for 2023, which can only mean it's time for my best of the best Sea Drama 2023 episode. So, what's going to happen? I'm basically going to go through uh, my favourite dramas for 2023, but it's going to work a little bit differently just because it's been a really good year for me and Chinese dramas. So I wanted to shake things up and I was having a conversation with Jess from the Day Back um, podcast and actually something came up and it gave me an idea. So I'll get into all of that in just a minute. But before that, let me just go through some a little bit of housekeeping. If you like the podcast, please remember to, you know, rate, subscribe and comment. That really does help the podcast to sort of um, help others find the podcast, which, you know, is always helpful. So and just help other people sort of join our little community. And if you'd like to further support the podcast, you can go over Patreon. And before I jump into that, I would just like to thank my current Patreons, uh, Jane, Amanda, Anecdotes, Grace, Nancy, Anonymous, Cheryl, Lorna, Caitlin, Susa, Marta, Purple Dinosaurus, and R. Thank you guys so, so much. Your support over on Patreon means the world to me. And I have been posting quite a bit more things on there. You get behind the scenes of things that I have to cut out of the episodes. I actually just posted a behind the scenes from the drama genre special where we were talking about all the current dramas we were watching so that is on there but also you know I am live sort of recapping, re, you know, reviewing uh, A Journey to Love over on there. And there's just a lot of things happening over on Patreon. So please go check it out because there is also some things on there that are completely free uh, for you to access. So check that out. And then there's just, you know, the social medias, Instagram. And if you'd like to talk about, uh, you know, dramas with other people, there is Discord. Check that out. All the links are in the description box. My DMs are always open. I love chatting dramas. So that is it. That's the little housekeeping out of the way. So what's different about this episode compared to last year? One of the things that is very different, it's the fact that I've been now podcasting for way over a year. When last year, when I did the best of the best uh, C dramas for 2023, I had only been podcasting for about five or six months, not even that, because I think I started in August. Um, so I had been, been podcasting for about five months. So the difference for this year is that I am dividing the episode in two, not in two parts, not that you'll get two episodes. It is that me, I am going to split the epi- this episode into two. So the first part of the episode is going to be about dramas that I really, really loved. You know, just dramas that are definitely some of my favorites. Um, and then the second part is where Jess's comment comes in. She said that there were certain dramas that were just eras to her. And that got me thinking. And I was like, this is very true because there's those sort of dramas that just go that extra step in terms of, yes, you love them, but they were just a whole era for you. Um, and that's what, you know, my five is going to be like my top five are going to be like my top five eras, which means I was so deep in these dramas that, you know, I consumed all the behind the scenes. I was looking for theories. I was all of those things. You were so consumed by the drama that they were literally an era to you. And that's what the top five for me is going to be like. Now, I am not ranking any of these. They are no in no particular order at all. That is a all ask and if you guys listen to me you know that I don't necessarily like to rank rank dramas in general so that is why I'm dividing this up there is going to be you know the dramas that I really really loved and then my era dramas that's what I'm going to call it that's what I'm going to go for so I hope you guys enjoy it and without further ado let's actually just 
jump right into it. So the first drama that I really, really love this year, and I feel like it's one that kind of flew a little bit under the radar because when it was released, it is a Yoku production, but when it was released, it isn't on Yoku. For some reason, it was picked up by HBO. Now, for me personally, in the UK, HBO doesn't exist, so that made it completely um, difficult for me to watch it on any uh, official sites, let's put it that way. So I had to go a little bit on the uh, dark web, so to speak, to uh, watch it. And that is the drama Scent of Time. Now, that does star uh, Zhou Yi and... It also stars Wang Xing, um, Wang Xing Yu, and the basic plot of the story is basically this um, lady of the house. She's pretty spoiled and she's pretty horrible. Let's put it that way. She is not a likable character at all at the beginning of the uh, drama, and basically she kind of dies. Shenanigans happen and she dies, and this happens in the very first episode. It is the whole setup of the plot so it it isn't a spoiler she dies in the first episode and she gets thrown back into you know a couple I think it's a year or a couple of years previous and she kind of at that point knows what's going to happen and knows that whole family is going to be annihilated and she knows that a lot of it is because of choices that she made so she's choosing to do things very very differently this time around and it's kind of like her story now I sat and binged like 20 episodes of this on Christmas Day. That's what I did on my Christmas Day. I absolutely loved this drama so much. It is by far one of Zoe Yi's like best works to date. I really, really loved her character in Word of Honor as well, but this character is just so brilliantly done. The depth, the emotion, like her whole trajectory. And I love the fact that this is at its core, it is her story. It is her story 100%. It isn't a love story. It isn't any of that. It's her telling her story. And I really, really loved it. Now, I think that there's a couple of things that people didn't enjoy as much and that might be the ending and how things had to be wrapped up um but for me personally it still worked and it didn't like take away from the drama itself so I still very very much enjoyed it and again I feel like this is very much one of those that flew under the radar because you know it wasn't very widely available to everybody and I think a lot of other dramas were airing at the time that were very widely available so it kind of made sense that you know, this one sort of almost flew under the radar. But I had heard a couple of moots sort of talk about it. And I was like, I really want to check this out. I really like the male lead. I really, really like this female lead. And I, you've heard me say this a couple of times, but I'm very much in my historical period drama uh, era right now. I am living for them right now. I'm like consuming mainly um, period historical dramas right now. And this one just absolutely hit the spot for me. Uh, So I could not, in good conscience, just sort of walk away and do an episode like this and not mention this one. And I will be doing sort of a uh, review for it over on Patreon just because I sort of have like the next couple of weeks um, or even month, almost two months worth of episodes for the main podcast all sort of lined up so I can't squeeze it in there but I definitely want to do something for it because I just loved it that much. I really love that it's kind of like at again at its core it's very much the female's choice and her story and you know how her choices sort of change over time how her character grows and I loved that they took this character that you are not meant to like her. You are not meant to like enjoy her character at all from glimpses that you get of her previous life. You are not meant to like her, but they throughout the drama you just you just become enamored with her. Like you become you come to love her and also you come to root for her. And I think that's such a special thing for a drama to do to be able to take a character that you don't necessarily like and turn it into a character that you actually end up really, really enjoying it. I just feel like that's, you know, on of itself, um, something that is very, very special and it doesn't often happen all the time. So that's why I just had to add in um, Scent of Time 
time. I highly recommend it. And it's definitely one of my favorite dramas for this year. Now, moving swiftly along again guys just a reminder these are not in any particular order at all i can't rank them okay don't ask me to please because i don't think i could um also genuinely like all of these dramas are in they're different they are different genres different stories and i feel like it's hard for me to put them up against each other especially because a lot of these are more recent and i feel like they are very recent for me um so I don't want to like have recency bias or something like that if that makes sense so that's why I just I didn't want to rank them I just wanted to talk about my favorites and call it a day now this is I I mean it wouldn't be in the list without this drama and that is the Chinese drama Meet Yourself now this came out very early this year I think it actually started airing uh oh it does say here oh that's bizarre I didn't think it had started airing this year but it has so this started airing apparently according to MDL January 3rd of 2023 and it finished January 22nd of 2023 I don't remember that being like such a short runtime, but maybe it was I mean it was the very first month of the year so who knows but you have heard me talk about this drama for various other you know podcasts but again it is a 2023 drama and it is a drama that I absolutely adore if you haven't watched this and you're looking for a very comforting healing you know um warm hug kind of drama this is it so this actually stars uh crystal Liu. um she also is known by liu yifei and that's her you know the name she goes by in her chinese name and we have li xian as well you would have known li xian from dramas such as go go squid and uh also i think what other dramas has he been in a sword dynasty and you know he's been in a fair few things uh, but I think he's most notable or I mean the role that he's most known for is probably for playing the male lead in Go Go Squid 1 so and uh, Liu Yifei she is like a veteran actress or I would I think I would call her a veteran actress she, she's been acting since apparently 2003 so she has acted for a long long time and she's been in dramas such as A Dream of Splendor and also other dramas as, such as Demigods and Semi-Devils. So she's been in a few things. Um, so what is this drama about? If you guys haven't watched it yet, basically our female lead, I will caveat by saying the first episode is really hard to watch something bad happens and it is quite sad but you just have to work your way through the first episode and then it gets to like the healing part uh, but basically our female lead is this hustler in terms of she's always on the go she's always you know working 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 and something happens that kind of makes her think about her whole life and what she really wants from life and she decides that she's upping and quitting her job and for three months she's going to live out in the countryside and sort of just like bring herself together and think about what she really really wants out of life so that's how the drama sort of starts and you know she kind of goes to this town and um she meets our male lead and meets a whole bunch of characters there and there's a found family that sort of builds within the town as well and there's just a lot of things that are you know that are, are happening over there so I just, I adored this drama, guys, so, so much. This just came at a time where I think I was having a bit of a stressful time at work. And I remember very clearly um, that I would come home and this would be the drama that I would want to sort of cuddle on the sofa with because it feels like it's the type of drama that just feels like it's giving you a warm hug and it's helping you like relax at the end of a long day. So that's the feelings that this show left me with. And it's one of those that that it is 40 episodes but I adored it it didn't feel like 40 episodes to me I felt like I was watching you know something that I just loved I felt like I was coming home and checking in on my friends if that makes sense so that is why I will always 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 suggest this drama it's one of those that if you like found family if you like slice of life type of dramas this is like 
your go-to. This is, you know, one that I would highly recommend within those genres. And yeah, I just, I really, really loved it to its core. I loved it really. Um, I think it's one of those that I would love to go back to and sort of re-watch at some point. Uh, but yeah, I think it's definitely earned its place on my, um, you know, best of the best Chinese dramas for 2023. So next up is a drama which... I think it's a little controversial for some people because I know a lot of people found this drama a little bit boring um, because there's not a lot to the story and it is 30 episodes long. So there is quite a few episodes to it. But for me personally, it's kind of like Meet Yourself Again. It's one of those dramas that feels like a little bit of a warm hug. It feels like, you know, one that you can just relax and unwind to. There's not a lot of drama to it. There's not a lot of any of that. So it just makes me really, really, really love it. And actually, that's the drama is called Road Home, and it stars Jing Bordan and Tan Song Yoon. Now, I, you guys know, I'm a lover of Tan, of Tan Song Yoon, so I went in mostly for her, but also I went in because of the creator. So the original creator for this drama is Mo Bao Fei Bao, and they've done a lot of um, dramas that I really, really, really enjoyed, and by dramas they are both a web novel web novelist and a screenwriter so even if the drama isn't necessarily they haven't done the screenwriting for it they've created a lot a lot of dramas and some of them include amidst a snow snowstorm of love which is an upcoming um Chinese drama which I'm really hoping that one comes soon because I am dying to watch it but it's the modern drama starring Wu Lei so I'm really 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 looking forward to it I think it's going to be a really good one um to watch so I'm definitely looking forward to that one but also they've done other dramas such as you know the one that's just aired uh, Love Me Love My Voice and Go Go Squid 2 and they are also the writer for things like Forever and Ever and One and Only. Now this creator tends to really really write great male leads and I adore them for the most part so this is no um no uh, change here. I really, really liked this male lead. And the story is basically we have a female, our female lead and our male lead, and they sort of go to school together and they fall in love and they get into a relationship. Now, the male lead has a really problematic family and the female lead comes from a family that is a little bit like more well-off, middle-class sort of family. And shenanigans happen and he ends up going to military and it's really hard for them at that time to stay together they start arguing and they kind of decide to part ways but they sort of do it in like a way that is really they don't want to break up because they love each other but it just gets to the point that the relationship is just not working at that point in time and then you fast forward I think it's like 10 years or something and through like a mishap of correlations and whatnot they sort of meet back up again and the spark is still kind of there and it's kind of like their journey of coming back together so it's very much a second chance romance and like I said I know a lot of people find it boring because there wasn't a lot of drama in it it's very chill you know the main couple kind of once they get together that's pretty much it they stay together they stay strong and for me like I loved that aspect of it I really really did um there's only like one little bit at the end that they add a little bit of drama in the last couple of episodes but even that like it wasn't so big that you started to you know fear for your characters or whatnot so I just loved watching them come back together again and become a couple and just like their journey back to love and back to finding each other again I really really enjoyed the fact that yes they are a couple but they both very much have their separate lives and And, you know, in terms of their jobs, they're both very capable. Uh, So, again, I really, really loved it. It's definitely one of my favourites for the year. And it's just one of those dramas that again, it feels like a warm hug. And I would be remiss to mention that these, this one is just shot 
beautifully, absolutely beautifully. The director is a Hong Kong director called Yu Siu Hua, and she, it's a woman, and I am all for like more women being directors because it's not often something that is seen as much. So whenever it's directed by a woman, I just feel like there's a special little touch. I don't know what it is, guys, and that might be just me being, you know, whatever. But this is also the same director that did Eternal Love, also known as 10 Miles of Peach Blossoms. So you can kind of see what, you know, that work. And a lot of this uh, drama is actually set in uh, winter and over like some beautiful mountains. So there's just some gorgeous, gorgeous shots of our main couple just kind of like sitting together with the sun rising and snow. And it's just so beautifully, so beautiful. It's honestly like a feast for the eyes. I I really, really did adore the directing in this, which, you know, together with the pairing, I think the main couple did a really, really good job as well. So I, it's, it's one of those again that I absolutely adored. And it's funny because I feel like this year, my tastes have changed slightly because the dramas that I really, really loved were either dramas that were historicals or like slice of life, that sort of thing, found family. And that isn't always the case for me. Um, I tend to go for like very much the romance heavy, the rom-coms, those sort of dramas, but I feel like my tastes have been changing slightly and it's been really fun. I was actually looking through my list and just seeing what was, you know, on my list uh, of dramas for the year and I came to find that again, most of my most highest rated dramas were either period costume or they were, you know, slice of life sort of dramas. And comparing that to last year's, um, I would have to listen back to my best of the best Chinese dramas for 2022. I can remember very clearly one that is definitely on that list and it's probably number one and it's probably a love between fairy and devil from last year. And that's the thing actually that I found was that this year, I, last year I sat down to do this episode and I was like, I very clearly had my favorite dramas in mind and they were ranked, like I actually ranked them. So I was, you know, fairly happy doing that. And this year I have been sitting on this episode, sort of like thinking about how to do it for weeks, for weeks, like probably since the end of November that I've started to sort of plan and gear towards this episode and all I kept thinking was I cannot rank these because like once we get to my eras episode like dramas they were just like like I said they were just a type of dramas that I was so in them so involved in them that I could not put one above the other I could honestly not review them and biasly there's just no way and I feel like that is fine as long as you are aware that, you know, sometimes it's very, very difficult to take your bias or your preference out of anything that you talk about. And this is one of those, like, this is one of those things. I could not, for the life of me, do, you know, rank or choose or pick apart my era's dramas because they are just, you know, the dramas that I will die on the hill for, so to speak. Like, I, I know there's problems with them, but I, you know, I loved them that much that they were, like I said, a whole era for me. So, but that saying that, let's move along. So that was Road Home. I am actually going to list all of these in the description box. So if you guys miss any or because I know sometimes you guys listen and you, you know, you want to um, note down one of the dramas, but you can't always do that while listening. So if you, in case you miss any of them and you do want to sort of just see which dramas, they will be listed in the description of this episode. So you can sort of you know, trundle over there. And, you know, if if that isn't on there, come and scream at me and I will add it. Hopefully I won't forget. But yeah. So moving along, 
to my next drama. It's actually a drama that I mention in the drama trio genre special, and that is the 2023 drama, Chinese drama, Nothing But You. It is the one that stars Wu Lei and Zhu Yu Tong, and I'm actually not going to spend a lot of time on this because, again, if you were listening to the genre episode from last week and even the week before, so we did it in two parts, you would have heard me talk about this. It's one of those that I really, really loved. I love the family. I love that it's a Nuna romance. I loved how well the romance was done because everybody sort of talked about what was needed to be talked about. So I I just really, really enjoyed this one. I watched it religiously. I was running for episodes. So it's one of those dramas that I had it had to be in my favourites. It Not in my eras, but it had to be in my favourites. So that is the drama Nothing But You. So Next up is one that I don't actually think I talked about very much, but I really, really enjoyed it. And that's the drama The Forbidden Flower. I know a lot of people had a couple of problems with this drama because it is an age gap drama. To me, it worked out okay. I didn't think it was that bad, but it is also a bit of a sad drama. So if you're not in the mood for that, this is definitely not the drama for you. But basically what happens is it's a sort of like winter romance between our female lead played by Shu Ru Han and she plays a character Heran and Jerry Yan our male lead he plays a character Xiao Han now they have quite a substantial age difference but basically what happens is she has a very sheltered life and there's reasons for that she is um quite sick and her mother has always very very sheltered her and she's always always like in the house and she doesn't get to do a lot for herself so one day she kind of goes to get her hair cut and she stumbles across our male lead and he cuts her hair for her and there's like this sort of connection between them and she kind of then sort of starts looking for him and they sort of build a relationship and you know he kind of doesn't at first he kind of doesn't want to fall for that because he does keep saying that she's very young and whatnot so um i think there's the whole of that now does this drama fundamentally have some problems with the writing I think yes, but I will say this is one of the most beautifully directed dramas I have ever seen. The colors in it are used. So he's a um, she's a painter, and he is a like flower person. He does hairdressing, but he also does a lot of flower work. And they play with a lot of characters. Even if you just look at the poster, the poster has like these deep reds and oranges and all of these like very vibrant colors and they play a lot with shadow and color and it feels like almost like an art project when you're watching this but in a good way like that's definitely in a good way so the director for this is a director called Chen Fei, and he's directed actually not a lot of things and I don't think I've actually watched anything uh, from him. I think the only other thing that has come out is the drama Double Tap. Uh, I haven't really watched, uh, I haven't watched that. So yeah, The Forbidden Flower is the only thing that I have watched out of this director, but Again, it is so stunningly done. It's truly, truly something that I absolutely loved. Um, the female, the um, writer for this is Zhao Xiaolei. And actually, it, she's also credited as a director for The Forbidden Flower. She's also written things such as Go Go Squid 2 and Dating in the Kitchen. But yeah, so that is the two of them were screen, you know, directors for this. And again, I just I really, really loved how well it was directed. It's at its core, it's a sad story because you know that she is sick. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil the whole drama in case you haven't watched it, but you know she's sick. But just their whole journey and how they kind of like help each other. There's a whole story behind our male lead and she kind of comes in and even though her life has been very sheltered, she has this outlook on life that is very, very different from his and that really helps him to sort of like 
see things differently. So that is the Forbidden Flower and honestly I really did love it and again it's just one of those that I feel like the directing was just really really superb. Um, so it's one of those that I just you know I could not mention. I feel like not a lot of people watched it. I feel like it, it's again one of those other ones that flew under the radar but it's definitely one of those that I just absolutely adored and um, again the story has some flaws. It isn't by far one of my highest rated dramas at all but I think it's one of those that when I was looking at all the dramas that I watched um. It's just one of those that I feel like really did deserve a shout out. So that's what I'm doing here. So next up, on the contrary, this is one that a lot of people have watched, but it's one of those that I just really, really adored. It is, you know, one of my favorite drama, not dramas, one of my favorite genres. That's what I was trying to say. And that is the youth drama, When I Fly Towards You. Now, when I tell you this drama is just so beautiful, it encompasses everything I love in a youth drama. So whether that be the journey of them seeing these characters sort of you know grow up and fall in love and that's all I love about youth is you being able to see these characters sort of go from very early on in their lives to becoming you know fully fledged adults and being in a whole different scope of their lives I just feel like it's a way to sort of really really invest and so this one stars the male lead being uh, Zhou Yiran who plays Zhang Lurong and we've got Zhang Miaoyi who plays Su Zazai. Now I have seen Zhang Miaoyi in a, a couple of things this year she was an exclusive fairy tale and please don't spoil me so I have seen her in a couple of things and I really really like her so I'm hoping to see more and more from her I think she's sort of just adorable and uh, so yeah that is the two male leads but also we have you know the rest of their gang so we have Bian Tianyang playing Guran and Jung Si Nan playing Jiang Jia and Guza playing Guan Fang those are just like you know it's these sort of I don't know what it is about this drama but it's seeing these group of friends becoming friends and then staying friends and supporting each other through quite difficult um parts of their life sometimes and then you take them and you go and you see these characters who in school are preoccupied with I don't know boys and crushes and grades and passing school and then you take them and you sort of follow them along to university and eventually into adulthood and like what adult problems looks like and I just adored it I adored seeing them grow up through this beautiful drama um and yeah, it's just one of those. It's probably one of my favourite youth dramas, I think. Uh, but it is, again, one of those that sort of blew up and everybody sort of loved it. So yeah, uh, I it's one of those that I think a lot of people would have watched. Um, but again, I just had to mention it because I just adored it that much uh, and I could not mention it. Now, the next one up on my list for this year is one that I think not a lot of people have watched and it's called Falling Before Fireworks. Now, this is a drama that I watched uh, after it had finished. I didn't watch it while it was on air and I think it worked really well as a binge watch. It is one of those dramas that at first I didn't really know any of the actors that well and I didn't really know any of the support cast. I didn't really know anything about it, but I just randomly play because I think somebody on Twitter that I follow was sort of talking about it and they were really and they really enjoyed it. So I thought to myself, I'll give it a try. You know, I wasn't watching anything particular at that time. So I was like, I'll give it a try. And it was one of the best decisions I made this year in terms of drama watching, because it's just one of those dramas that came out of nowhere. And it definitely was much better than I had expected. Uh, so the cast for this, the female lead is played by Lu Yang Yang as Su Qing. And the male lead is played by Chen Xin Hai. And he plays Jing 
Chen. Now, I'm just going to read the my drama list description for it. Um, just because it's been a couple of months since I watched it and I don't want to, you know, sort of miss say something about it. So Su Ching, who works in a loan bank, leads a vulgar life in pursuit of a car, a house and money. In order to recover a bad loan, she meets Jing Chan, a traditional craftsman for the first time. One is a white collar worker who is kidnapped by debt collection mission, while the other is a cool handy craftsman who has no car, no house and no money, but owns an ideal garden surrounded by green mountains and water. The two of them, who do not like each other, are intertwined in a fight in a fighting each other way. On the day of the winter solace, Si Ching, forgotten by her parents and isolated by her colleagues, is in a state of inner turmoil and the verge of an adult breakdown. Jing Chen's ball of eggs in sweet wine and a customary winter solstice treat is mistaken by Si Chang as the only warmth for her birthday as she impulsively proposes marriage. Jing Chen agrees to her request. However, marriage is only the beginning. Now, I don't think actually I shouldn't have read that out. I don't think that's a very good description. Basically, what happens is our female lead works for a bank and she's all about getting the deposit for a car, getting the deposit for a house, working harder. And she sort of gives a loan to somebody that in theory she shouldn't have given it to. She kind of falls a little bit for their sob story and she kind of, you know, goes around ways and gives the loan, even though the computer is sort of telling her not to give the loan. So she then has to recuperate that loan right it's like her job is on the line and because the the loan that she has to recuperate is basically the neighbor of our male leads and the male lead works in this idyllic garden like guys I want to live in that house it is stunning it is so so beautiful it looks just tranquil and so peaceful like I want to live there but he's a brilliant craftsman but again he doesn't own a car he doesn't own a like you know he bikes everywhere. He's super chill, super laid back. He's he's like the complete opposite from our female lead. And basically what happens is she kind of goes in and they meet because she's after his neighbor and kind of thing. And then on the winter solstice, she it's her birthday and nobody remembers. Like her parents don't care. Her co-workers don't care. Like just nobody remembers. And she kind of ends up wandering about and she ends up showing up at his door and he makes her like some noodles and you know just gives her a blanket and puts some warm shoes on her and she is like this is the most kindest thing that somebody has ever done for me like just somebody was just extending courtesy and kindness to her and she's enwrapped by that and she kind of wants more of it so she proposes marriage to him very on the spot, very, it's like, it's a complete role, role reversal because like the female lead is the one like chopping bucks at work and whatnot. And the male lead is a chilled back one. And she's the one proposing marriage. So they sort of enter into this marriage because she has something that he wants. His Shifo, so his master who has taught him, uh, his teacher, it's not really master in English, it's more of a translation into teacher, uh, who has taught him for years, has kind of, he has this book that are missing a couple of pages and she has inherited those pages and he really wants the pages back so he can complete the book because that's all his teacher wanted to do. So that's the whole like sort of setup and they sort of get married and then it's kind of them like basically just falling in love after marriage. So they get married very quickly and then they, you know, he becomes the kind of warmth for her and in turn he has a very sad sort of kind of like story story behind him and in turn she helps him to sort of open up about those demons and basically to you know be able to move on with his life so it's really really a beautiful story beautiful story it's definitely one of those that I wasn't expecting it to be as good or like it as much as I did. Um, and again I feel like it's one of those that very much flew under the radar. 
Uh, it did, I will say, it did fly a little bit off the rails for the last couple of episodes. But even saying that, I still loved it so much that I don't even mind that little bit at the end where, you know, they kind of went a little bit crazy and wild. So yeah, that is... um. That is the drama Falling Before Fireworks. I do highly, highly recommend it. I really, really did enjoy it. And again, I think it's a nice little binge. Uh, It's not very long. I think it's... Let me just double check... It is 23 episodes of about 30 minutes each. So in all, it's a very easy and watchable drama. So yeah, that is the, you know, and it's really good for sort of a winter watch because it's, you know, set in winter. So it's really, really beautiful. So that was Falling Before Fireworks. Now, the next one, guys, is one that I would be remiss to mention because I loved it. I reviewed it for the podcast with Jess from Daybark, um, and that is The Starry Love, and that stars our male lead, Chen Xing Shu. It stars Landy Lee, Luke Chen, and He Xuan Lin. So that's the four main leads. I, I don't know what it was, but I just loved this drama. Now, the, could the ending been better? Yes, it could have been better, guys. It could have. But it is what it is. I was happy enough with the drama as a whole. Um, I think I loved the fact that there was this sort of message of just because something is ominous doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. And, you know, sometimes bad people do good things and good people do bad things. It's There's this whole story. And again, this had really, really really, really beautiful costumes. Um, In terms of the demon realm, the heavenly realm in this drama was always, you know, mainly the plain white all over sort of thing. But the demon realm, the purples and the blacks and the reds, it was stunning. I was living for it. I loved it. I also really, really love the fact that there was no like... um, romance uh, triangle it was very much two separate couples and I really really adored it I it was one of those dramas that I definitely loved it but again I already reviewed it so you know I won't be going into much detail about it uh, because I think we did a very long review on it on the podcast already now without further ado guys we have come so that's all of like the favorite dramas uh that i really really love this year and you know that i think were worth a mention and when thinking back on my um chinese drama year those were the ones that sort of popped out at me as the ones that i really enjoyed watching and again, they were not by any far, you know, my highest rated or anything like that. But they were dramas that I really, really loved and that I wanted to mention on this episode. But without further ado, it is time to enter what I'm dubbing my era's dramas. This is the dramas that when I look back on 2023, they will mark my 2023. These are the dramas that I was completely immersed in them. In not just the drama itself, but the actors, the behind the scenes clips, the books that they were based on and all of that. So... The first one up, I think, is no surprise to anybody whatsoever. And I will reiterate that these are in no particular order at all. They are, you know, I think for me, they are all on par with each other in terms of how much love I have for them and how much of an era they were for me. Um, So with that, with that all being said, the first one is one that I think is not only for me, but for almost every other person who discovered Chinese dramas this year and that is the Chinese drama Hidden Love and this stars Zhao Lu Shi as Sang Zhu and it stars Chen Zhu Yan as Duan Jiaxu. Now guys when I tell you I loved and breathed this drama for the amount of time that it was airing I loved and breathed this drama. Like, I don't know what it is. Actually, I do. I think for me, it is very much 
Yes, we can comment on the fact that Duanjia Shu is the greenest flags of green flags. It is the type of male lead that we as women love to see on screen. It is the type of male lead that you can clearly see was written by a woman for women. And, you know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful male lead to watch. But for me, the highlight and the pinnacle of this drama rests on Zhao Lushi. Like her portrayal of Sang Zhu, like how many of us could basically feel what she felt when her heart was broken for the very first time in that airport scene? I think we all cried with her because for us as watchers, who hasn't had their heart broken for the first time? Who hasn't loved somebody for the first time? All of those emotions are emotions that this drama just pulled out of us and pulled on our strings and it made us so attached to Sang Zhu as a character. So I adored this drama so much. I feel like when I look back on this year, it's one of those dramas that not only for me as a Chinese drama watcher is, you know, one of those that will stay with me for a very long time. But as somebody who sort of reviews dramas and, you know, who talks about Chinese dramas and tries to get others to see that Chinese dramas can be really, really good, this drama came in like a bulldozer out of nowhere and just grabbed people by the necks in a chokehold that is wild to me. The amount of people that came into Chinese dramas this year because they stumbled across Hidden Love is a feat in of itself. And to me, I you couldn't have had a better actress to sort of pull you in than Zhao Lu. She, she is one of my favorite actresses and I feel like she just captures you. When she cries, you cry. She just has this ability to emote on screen that is so beautiful and uniquely hers. Um, and yeah, I I adored this drama. As you can hear from my tone and just the way I'm talking about it, I just, I absolutely, absolutely adored this drama. And I think it's one of those that it'll stay with me for a very, very long time. So that is my first era drama, Hidden Love. It was a whole era for me. I think, you know, it's one of those that it's probably the pinnacle of youth dramas for me. And I'm hoping that we can follow this sort of drama, not repeat it and not do the same thing. But I don't know when another one is going to come around that is going to capture us as much as this one did um, in terms of like youth dramas. So that is my first era choice. And I think actually, guys, before I, you know, further get into this, I would love to know, what do you think like my five era dramas would be? Obviously, I've already said that Hidden Love is one of them, but that I think pretty much all of you that are listeners would have guessed that that is the case. But if, you know, pause this episode here, like write it down or send it to me before you listen to the rest of the episode and just tell me, what do you think, like, what do you think my era's dramas would be? And then, like, let me know if by the end of the episode, if they were the ones that you thought I would mention. I think if you listen to the podcast and if you follow me on socials, you will probably be able to tell which ones are going to be my era dramas, which realistically speaking, they are like my five top dramas of the year, I would say. Um, but to me, they're a little bit more than a top drama. They were definitely, I lived in them so much that I feel like they need a little something more than my top dramas. That's why I dubbed them, you know, my era dramas for this year. So, uh, next up on my list, if you've, you know, taken your break, written down the ones you think would make the rest of my list, uh, the next one on my list is one that I wasn't sure was going to make it, but I sat down and I thought, actually, I made so many edits of this drama and I was just visually mesmerized every time I was watching it and I loved the story that I had to put it on there. And that is my journey to you. Now, this is the one that stars Yu Su Xin and Zhang Ling He and Chang Lei. And I'm forgetting one of them. Uh, hang on. I'm just, there we go. 
my journey to you. Yeah, so Chang Lei and then Lu Yu Xiao. That's so that's our four main characters. I I just loved this drama. I really did. And conceptually like in theory like the story itself the second half of it wasn't as good as the first half realistically speaking i can you know analyze it and say that that's the case but even with that in mind i just think this drama was so visually stunning i loved the fact that the female leads kind of like took charge of the situation and they were almost on par with the male leads it's so rare to see that in a lot of historicals and i i loved it it was different to me and this is very much a wushier drama and i am not usually a fan of wushiers and for the fact that this drama just captivated me completely being a wushier drama that to me like blows anything out of the water also i have to commend yusu shin or sthu because i for you know a couple of episodes of the drama i thought she didn't have it in her to pull a role like this off um but i was like i really love zhang Li her so i really 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 want to try this drama out and as soon as it started playing within a couple of episodes of watching this drama i immediately thought yusu shin is doing a brilliant job and then watching all the behind the scenes and watching like her there is the i'm not going to spoil it but there is a mud scene if you've watched it you guys will know exactly what scene i mean there is a mud scene and she worked hard for that scene guys and for any of the other scenes but for that scene in particular she worked hard and watching the behind the scenes for that was just mind-blowing to me and i appreciated the work she put in even more and so i i i really did end up loving this drama it was a whole era for me as well because again i was making a bunch of edits for tiktok and i was living my best life at the time so i I had to mention this one on my eras. Um, so that's two down, three to go. So that would be hidden love so far and uh my journey, uh my journey to you. I tell you why I keep getting this confused, is because, guys, so I will just move on to my third choice, and that is a journey to love. And that is the reason why I keep fumbling over the titles because that's way too many journeys for you know titles in general. So Next up on my list is A Journey to Love. Um, now, this drama is very controversial in terms of its ending. To me, does the ending make the whole drama, you know, dissipate in terms of what it accomplished up to a certain point? No. Was I 100% happy with the ending? No. Did I absolutely love this drama and the characters and the friendships that they it built? Yes, yes, I did. The ending does not take away from my experience of loving this drama and the fact that I was running for every single episode and the fact that I just adored it. I really, really did. I think the performances that were put in were just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, Liu Shishi and Liu Yuning did brilliant jobs as the protagonists, but also the um character that played so the princess ying yang um i loved her character i think she had immense growth and that was played by her lando she is like my mvp for this um drama i loved her character how she started from this very sheltered princess and then she ended up being one of the key players of the drama i just i adored it i adored it the screenwriting was good it was really really good uh, again it's a wishy drama through and through and i was loving and living for it so again does it take away from would i preferred a very happy and merry ending maybe maybe but this type of ending is also really poetic and beautiful in a way so i still loved the drama as a whole and the ending does not deter away from my love of it if that makes sense so this one had to again go down as one of my eras because i was so in this drama i was trying to tell everybody and anybody that would listen to me to try out this drama so that is why I, I just loved it. I love the friendships that were built. And there is really, really good 
dialogue in this drama throughout the whole thing. I think the dialogue used is just so beautiful. There's conversations between our main leads and conversations between the group of friends that are just so, so beautiful. I have a bunch of quotes. Um, so I'm actually going to be doing the last little bitch. It's one of those that I actually have been sort of reviewing in chunks for Patreon. So I reviewed it up to episode 15 and then I did a little review for it and then I watched up to episode 30 and did a little review for it and I need to post my review up to episode 40 so through to the end up on Patreon and I don't really do that that very often but I wanted to talk about this one so much that that's you know sort of what I went into doing so that had to make my eras list um it was a lot harder actually to sort of um make my list this year than I thought it was going to be. But when it came to my era's dramas, that list kind of wrote itself um, just because they were dramas that I was absolutely consumed by. Um, so yeah, next up. Now, I'm sure you guys know that, uh, you know, you will be wondering where this drama is. You guys know I'm a huge By Lou fan and it wouldn't be a, you know, eras drama bitch without By Lou dramas in it. And I had to do the story of Cooning Palace. Now, this drama, again, I feel like I'm saying that about all of them, but I do feel like there's been a lot of controversial dramas this year. A lot of people, you know, um, they are very definite dramas. You either really love them or you don't. And I feel like this is one of them. The characters are so grey. They are you know, the story itself, it starts off and it's a little bit confusing. You don't quite know where you are in the story. And it takes a couple of episodes to sort of you yourself as a watcher to kind of find your footing within the drama. And that was totally fine by me. I love it when I get thrown mid-story into something because I just feel like I can, you know, sort of figure things out as I'm going along. So I really, really love that. Now, I didn't even say, but this drama stars obviously Bai Lu as Jiang Xiaoning, it stars Zhang Linghe as Xu Wei, it stars Wang Xingyu as Zhang Zi, it stars Zhou Zhanwei as Yan Lin, and it stars Liu Xiu Ning as San Zi Yi or Princess Le Yang. Now, when I tell you guys, I was obsessed with this drama. I was obsessed with this drama. I was running, running every day for episodes. This was the first thing I tuned in and I just loved it. There is, these characters are so great. And yes, we can talk about characters being toxic or relationships being slightly toxic within this drama, but I can appreciate that being on screen. Like if I were to have that in real life, I would be walking away faster than, you know, my he as if my heels were on fire. But on screen, I don't mind watching that because it kind of shows for it kind of grants paths for some really, really complex characters, which is what I think we had. Um, I think everybody had their, you know, their convictions and everybody sort of needed something different out of life. And in this case, everybody wanted to get to a certain place, whether that be revenge, whether that be to change the course of history, whether that be to right wrongs. There was different, you know, ambitions for everybody but I kind of liked how firstly our male lead was not like physically strong in a sense he was mentally strong he was like the chess master at the you know top so to speak and he knew he wasn't very good at martial arts so he got people around him that were to protect him and I loved how our female lead was women a woman who would go toe to toe with the male lead like they were both on the same plane in terms of intellectually intelligent and I really 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 adored that I just I loved this drama I really really did uh don't worry guys there will be a review coming for it in the new year January there will be a review coming for it I'm really really excited it will be a guest episode so I'm not going to talk too much more about it uh, apart from that but 
I think, you know, it's fair to say that was a whole era for me. I adored the drama. I really, really did. So we've come to the last drama on my eras list. Now, I am sure you, if you're a longtime listener and if you've been accompanying me this year, you will know what drama is missing from this list and that it wouldn't be a me list without this drama because this drama was certainly an era for me. Um, I did multiple reviews on it, just not just on Tea and Soju, but I went on Dayback and we did a whole podcast episode on there as well. And that is the drama Till the End of the Moon, which stars Bailu, uh, uh, you know, it's Bailu, guys. I was always going to check this out, but it stars Bailu as Lee Su Su and it stars um, Lu Yun Chi as Tan Tai Jin. Now, I did come from the background of I had watched both of these together in Love is Sweet previously and I had adored them. Like their chemistry was sizzling. I loved their behind the scenes and their banter together. They just seemed to have like so much fun together. So I knew that if they were going to be paired up again that it was going to be a really really good show to watch in terms of chemistry at least. And they did not disappoint. They delivered completely on their chemistry. Now Again, this is one of those dramas where the ending isn't necessarily defined. And I know a lot of people complain about that because a lot of people really like really well-defined and, um, you know, tell you sort of everything and show you everything. Ending like tidy with a bow on top sort of endings. I am not necessarily one of those people. I think as long as it ties in nicely with the drama, then I'm happy with it. As long as it doesn't, you know, go completely off the rails and, you know, you've had a sad drama throughout and then you give me a sugary happy ending, like it doesn't match. Something isn't clicking. And I think for this, it really did click and it worked so, so well. Um, Again, this has to be one of the most beautifully stunning dramas I have watched. In terms of costuming, this is the best costuming I have seen all year, hands down. Like the colours, the embroidery, the hairstyles, everything was just so, so beautiful. And we had like three different lives. So we had three very different characters and, you know, three sets of costumes and they were just stunning throughout. I adored this drama so, so much. I feel like it's, again, one of those dramas that it is a very, very, very true enemies to lovers. Like these two hate each other and they have a lot of reasons to do so. The acting in this is phenomenal, especially by Lu Yun-chi. Bai Lu also did a brilliant job, but you know, Lu Yun-chi as Tan Tai Jin and then the god of war or, you know, the god of uh, devil god, he did a brilliant job. Like he, that scene where he's playing against himself and you're like, this is just mind-blowing. I loved it. I, you know, it. this one is just going to be one of those dramas that is going to stay with me for a very, very long time. Um, it is one of my all-time favorite shianshas. It isn't a shiansha that I would recommend to everybody because ultimately I don't think it's a beginner-friendly shiansha because it throws a lot at you. Um, I think it is a drama that kind of suffered a little bit from the 40-episode rule. I think if they had had the full um, scope of, you know, even 50 episodes, it would have been much better in terms of pacing and storytelling itself. But even saying that, they still did a really, really, really good job, um, you know, telling the story with those restrictions in place. So I, you know, I could go on about this drama for hours and hours, but I won't because, again, I already reviewed it for Tian Soju and I already reviewed it with Jess for Daybuck and, you know, um, with Jess and Caitlin, actually, it was the three of us over on Daybuck. Uh, so if you want more thoughts about it, you can go and sort of listen into those. But yeah, th there's no way I could do this list and not name, you know, till the end of the moon. There was just no way. So that is it. That is my best of the best 2023 dramas. As a recap, the dramas that I loved were Scent of Time, Meet Yourself, Road Home, Nothing But You, The Forbidden Flower, When I Fly Towards You, 
Falling Before Fireworks and The Starry Love. And then my five era dramas or what I would call, you know, my five top dramas probably are Hidden Love, Till the End of the Moon, The Story of Cooning Palace, A Journey to Love and My Journey to You. So those are the dramas that I loved. I think for me personally... It has been a really, really good year for Chinese dramas. Not only has a lot more people um, discovered Chinese dramas, but in general, I just feel like the quality has been a lot higher this year. And I can't wait to see what 2024 sort of holds um, in terms of dramas and what we can expect from them. I think it's also going to be a good, good year. Um, There's a lot of things coming out of China that have been, you know, really positive in terms of dramas. Um. And I, I just can't wait. I really can't wait. And um, I think, lastly, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you out there who listen and tune in and message me and all of those things. It's so, so encouraging. And it really does, um, you know, make me want to keep going again Tea and Soju was born just for my love of dramas, but specifically Chinese dramas. And to have seen such a blow up in, you know, appreciation for them has been something that I've loved to see this year and I would love to see it carry on into 2024. Um, I really, really hope that you guys have had a good year and that the new year also brings you good tidings. Um, I, you know, and good drama years. Lots of good dramas for everybody. That's what we want over here. Uh, I hope you stick with me for next year too. There's so many good things I think coming up in Tea and Soju. So please, look forward to it and that is it that is my best of the best sea dramas for 2023 that concludes this year of episodes that's it for 2023 and you know happy new year guys i hope you guys have you know a good week and a good entrance into 2024 and i shall see you next time bye Want to find an Asian drama community? Then join the Tea and Soju Discord server, where we chat everything from C dramas to K dramas to J dramas. To chat with me, check out any of the socials. Please help the podcast by rating, viewing, and subscribing wherever you listen to help others find this little corner. Lastly, consider joining Patreon to further support the podcast and receive extra content. All of the links are in the episode description. That's it. This has been another episode episode of the Tea and So Juicy Drama Podcast. I'm your host, Liliana, and I'll see you next week for more Sea Drama Chatter.